All right, it's been um, two weeks since we led with an Elon story, so let's just skip the foreplay and get right into it. Yeah. It is Valentine's Day, after all. Well, when and you're watching this, it might not be, but, uh, you know, in, it, it, in the yes. spirit of it. When we're filming this, it's Valentine's mm-hmm. Day. And I'm not sure if people in real life surprise their significant others with new cars wrapped in comically large bows, as the car companies would have us believe. But our Valentine's Day gift to you, the viewer, is some lovely Cybertruck news that anyone with a basic understanding of how materials are affected by the elements saw coming years ago. Well, we're talking about the future of automotive technology in this episode? That's right. The Cybertruck? The Cybertruck. Wow! So, you see, cars are mostly made out of metal, but they don't look like metal. And that's because they have paint on them. Well, we're starting at the beginning here. And and on that paint, they also have a layer of a transparent clear coat. Mm -hmm. And this serves to protect the metal underneath from rain, snow, mud, sunlight, road salt, piss and shit, etc. And thus ensure that the vehicle is not a hideous rust bucket after just a few years of regular use. But what if there was a car that didn't have any paint, just exposed metal, not even a clear coat? Well, folks, that car exists. It's called the Cybertruck. And it is just stainless steel exposed to the elements without even the option for a paint job. Now, the haters and losers would have you believe that this is a foolish choice for an automaker, as evidenced by the fact that no other car company has offered such a vehicle since the DeLorean back in the early 80s. But, buddy, this isn't just any metal. This is stainless steel. It's right there in the name. Uh Uh-huh. It does not stain. So, checkmate. Except, well, it turns out there's all sorts of different grades of stainless steel with different properties and different costs, and none of them are really 100% rust-proof. And yada, 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 Cybertruck owners are already reporting rust on their trucks just months after purchasing them. Yes! Oh! Oh, it's the consequences of my frivolous spending. Elon! My car is covered in rust! Now, to be clear to all the haters and losers, this is not Elon's fault. Do not blame Elon. Oh, yes. This is user error. Mm -hmm. It's your fault. It says right there in the user manual, to prevent damage to the exterior, immediately remove corrosive substances such as grease, oil, bird droppings, tree resin, dead insects, tar spots, road salt, industrial fallout, etc. Do not wait until Cybertruck is due for a complete wash. And they also note that it is normal for the stainless steel exterior to mature (laughs) over time resulting in minor changes to the reflective properties and color of the metal. So yeah, anyone complaining about Cybertruck rust stains, they're just a lazy ass who is not spot detailing their car every night after work. Yeah. But also, the car is going to change color no matter what you do. So just stop complaining. Do they have a sensor in the Cybertruck that lets you know when it has bird poop on it so you can come out and clean it every single time? Because you don't want that to sit there in the sun. No, you have to give a 100-point inspection of your car after every use to make sure there is nothing on that car that could cause it to mature. You're not just buying a car. You're buying a hobby as well. Mm-hmm. You are buying a burden. <laughs> well, anyways, here's a new report from Futurism. It's only been a couple months since Tesla started delivering its long-awaited Cybertruck to customers. And as expected, its unusual stainless steel exoskeleton, which can ward off bullets, but not stains, is already turning out to be a headache for owners. One Cybertruck Owners Club forum member says they started noticing small orange flecks appearing on his truck after driving it in the rain for just two days. Just picked up my Cybertruck today, they wrote. The advisor specifically mentioned the Cybertrucks develop orange rust marks in the rain 
and that required the vehicle to be buffed out. The Cybertruck owner posted follow-up photos after washing the vehicle down with soap, and they didn't inspire much confidence, showing body panels already pockmarked with small orange spots. And yeah, you look at these pictures, and that's uh, that's not really what you want your brand new car to look like it's right just going, after you get it. Elliot, this truck is going through puberty. It's and you maturing. Should not, you should not make fun of it. Yes, it's, it's maturing. Mm. It's currently in the acne phase yeah. of its, its, its existence. It's going gonna, it's gonna to blossom into a real stud. Yeah, wait until car. you see this car in a couple of years. Slaps hood, creates dent, doesn't this, go away. <laughs> this car is going to be a real lady killer. <laughs> Literally, it will kill women. It, yes, it'll kill anyone that gets in front of it. <laughs> But uh, yeah, this is something that every other car maker somehow manages to avoid. Mm. But you know, of course, even in our frozen tundra it, of the it, north, yeah. Uh, but for yeah. the most case, as you know, this is not any other car maker. This is Tesla, and they do things a little bit different. But back to the article. Another user noticed similar orange specks on his truck after driving it through rain in Los Angeles. Well, there you go. It's not supposed to rain here. How could they have anticipated yeah. that the- anyone outside of Southern California would? buy these things. Right. And that it would rain here. It is hilarious that it's Los Angeles of all places. Like one of the least rainy places in the country. But yeah, yeah, yeah. you you know, it does rain sometimes and you're you're gonna want to put the Cybertruck in the garage and take the bus when that happens. Yeah. Uh, they documented the corrosion and told me they'll give me a call next month when the tools have arrived and they can perform the service slash repair. We don't even got the tools the user wrote after taking their vehicle to their local service center. <laughs> Can't help you, sorry. The Cybertruck has 381 miles on it and has spent much of the 11 days in my custody parked in front of my house. Buddy, you don't even have a garage? Jeez. Although most garages I don't think can even fit this thing. Yeah, it's an well, increasing least, problem with the trucks are getting so big that people can't fit them in the well, garage. Well, in large cities. I mean, like yeah. they, someone could live out in the suburbs, I guess, and have it. But that's like... No, even then, there's that that classic uh, Reddit post of uh, someone's big ass like F-250. Like they had to do a custom like garage door with a little like hole for the the ass of their truck to fit through my god debate raged in response to the threats with some arguing that the discoloration could be due to carbon dust stray filings or other contaminants the use of stainless steel which technically can stain and rust is a baffling design decision the Cybertruck is meant to be a workhorse that can go anywhere at any time per the ev maker's own marketing materials not an expensive collector's item that you only take out under ideal conditions. Regardless, it's not clear that all is lost. Another poster wrote that their Cybertruck had showed similar marks, but that cleaning with Barkeeper's Friend and Windex had restored it to its previous shininess. There's also precedent. The last time a car company chose stainless steel for a mass-produced vehicle was the DeLorean, an eye-catching sports car famously featured in the iconic sci-fi romp Back to the Future in 1985. Users are already sharing tips on how to keep their trucks shiny by referring to the tried-and-true methods discovered by DeLorean owners decades ago. And others are just leaning into the limitations. I think as long as you don't drive it in the rain or get it wet, it will be fine, wrote one. (laughs) Cope harder, dude. (laughs) Cope harder. It's fine. I just won't... If it's wet at all outside, I'll just... I'll just uh, take my wife's car. Weatherman says it might get a little sprinkly out today. Do you mind if I take your car? It's like having a convertible with no top. Yeah. Kind of. But way less cool. (laughs) But thankfully, all hope is not lost. Now, we may have misspoke, actually, earlier when we said that Tesla does not offer any paint options for the Cybertruck. Mm. I mean, they don't. (laughs) But they do apparently offer aftermarket wrapping packages. Mm. For just $5,000 additional dollars, they will wrap your Cybertruck in a clear satin film. 
Or for $6,000, they'll wrap it in black or white. So problem solved. If you want to be able to drive your new $60,000 car in the rain, just pay Elon more money. Dummy. This is the rain package. Come on. Also, this is a a nothing burger. Yeah. Also, like uh, you're covering up the, the beautiful stainless steel. That makes this car so unique. Yeah, it's it's developing a patina. It's maturing. Yeah, that's not a that's not a rust bucket. That is a mature vehicle. Yeah, you will respect it. Hmm. But moving on now to some other Tesla news. Um, there are actually far far worse things than getting a little rust on your car. Uh, over the years, the Tesla autopilot feature has been involved in dozens of road fatalities. And this week, the Washington Post reported on what is currently believed to be the first instance of Tesla's so-called full self-driving capabilities, ending the life of its user. From their reporting, Hans von Ohain and Eric Rositer were on their way to play golf one afternoon in 2022 when von Ohain's Tesla suddenly swerved off Upper Bear Creek Road. The car's driver assistance software, full self-driving, was struggling to navigate the mountain curves, forcing von Ohain repeatedly to yank it back on course. The first time it happened, I was like, is that normal, recalled Rositer? who described the five-mile drive on the outskirts of Denver as uncomfortable. And he was like, yeah, that happens every now and then. Hours later, on the way home, the Tesla Model 3 barreled into a tree and exploded in flames, killing Von O'Hain, a Tesla employee and devoted fan of CEO Elon Musk. Rossiter, who survived the crash, told emergency responders that Von O'Hain was using an auto-drive feature on the Tesla that just ran straight off the road, according to a 911 dispatch recording obtained by the Washington Post. In a recent interview, Rossiter said he believes that Von Ohain was using full self-driving, which, if true, would make his death the first known fatality involving Tesla's most advanced driver assistance techno- technology. This guy was an employee and oh, yeah. fan. He, he believed in it. And that was his fatal mistake, apparently. Also, like, uh, might, maybe one of the first cases where the passenger was able to because previously they've been like, oh, well, no, it yeah. shut off. Who's that. to say what happened? And, yeah. and they rely on Tesla owners not having friends <laughs> so that no one else can report on what's happening. Yeah, I think that is pretty unique um, that there was a survivor mm-hmm. who can, you know. Elon specifically said no survivors. That's right. If that these is, things crash. That is in the manual. Mm-hmm. It's There's a lot in that manual. If you, Nobody's if you reading it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It continues, on the day of the crash, Von Ohain and Rossiter played 21 holes of golf, downing multiple drinks along the way. Though an autopsy would later show that Von Ohain was legally drunk, Rossiter said he seemed composed and by no means intoxicated as they got in the Tesla and headed home. Rossiter, who was found to have a similar blood alcohol level, can recall only shreds of the crash. A bright orange glow, careening off the road, jumping out of the car and trying to pull his friend out. The driver's side door blocked by a fallen tree. As Rossiter yelled for help on the deserted mountain road, he remembers his friend was screaming inside the burning car. Colorado State Patrol Sergeant Robert Madden, who oversaw the agency's investigation, said it was one of the most intense vehicle fires he had ever seen. Fueled by thousands of lithium-ion battery cells in the car's undercarriage, according to the investigation report, the fire is what killed Von Ohain. His cause of death was listed as smoke inhalation and thermal injuries. Madden said he probably would have survived the impact alone. At the scene of the crash, Madden said he found rolling tire marks, meaning the motor continued to feed power to the wheels after impact. There were no skid marks, Madden said, meaning Von Ohain appeared not to have hit the brakes. Given the crash dynamics and how the vehicle drove off the road with no evidence of a sudden maneuver, that fits with the driver assistance feature being engaged, Madden said. 
So obviously there are a lot of variables at play here. Uh, the driver was legally drunk, and despite the surviving passenger's belief that full self-driving was turned on at the time, the fire made it impossible to access that car's data and confirm it. Tesla is also clear that full self-driving, in direct contradiction to its name, is not full self-driving. <laughs> That's it weird. requires constant driver attention. Though if you are just an average normal person, you could yeah. assume it that says full, full self-driving... Self I don't have to do anything. It drives yeah. itself. It just it says it right there. Which, yeah, for us at least, it, it eliminates any possible benefit. Babysitting an error-prone computer while it drives your car seems even more stressful than simply driving the car yourself. Yeah, what's the point? But that, of course, assumes that that's what's, what the owners of these cars are doing every time they use full self-driving, which they absolutely are not. And in many cases, they are very proud of that. Yeah, they'll film themselves doing it and put it online. And, and say, buy those little things that uh, yeah. disable the sensor that Yeah, literally, it's just like a hook with like a, a, a two-pound weight. Yeah. And uh, yeah, now the car will stop nagging me to pay attention. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and they're, they're wearing the fucking uh, the Gooner goggles in the car. Yeah, it's uh, clearly a, a good chunk of the Tesla fan base. Uh, either did not get the memo or more likely um, is just... Ignoring the memo. Yeah. Uh, because Elon himself has made many statements over the years saying, like, the only reason the car, like, nags you about it is because the, the goddamn NHTSA is, like, you know, they won't, they won't let me the know, rip the lid off of it. At, it. at it again. Yeah, they we're only doing it for that. But trust also, me, this car, like, this car could drive you from L.A. to New York without you even having to, like, lift a finger. There's a, there's a shred of, like, sunk cost as well, too. You're like, I paid for all this, and that's an upgrade, too, the full self-driving. So you're like, yeah. I'm going to use it. Yeah, an expensive upgrade. Yeah. It's, like, thousands of dollars mm-hmm. to just, you know, turn on some software that's already built into the car. Yeah. But yeah, meanwhile, Elon's response to this story was to claim that Von O'Hain never actually downloaded FSD. And, uh, well, yeah, it's a shame because if he had, the accident would probably have been prevented. So actually, I'm kind of the hero in this mm-hmm. story. Which, okay, I mean, the guy who was actually in the car disagrees, as does the wife of the deceased driver. They both seem pretty convinced that full self-driving was activated, but sure, we, do, we don't know and we can't mm-hmm. know. But in any case, critics have been saying for a while, that regardless of Tesla's cover-their-ass terms of use, using terms like autopilot and full self-driving is false advertising, especially when paired with Elon Musk's public claims about reliability and safety. But, I mean, the biggest question of all is, of course, whether this is a technology that should even be allowed to be beta-tested on public roads by early adopters, who overwhelmingly seem to have a fanatical level of trust in it. Yeah. Like, it'd be one thing if this was a feature that normal people were trying out, but it seems like everyone who's jumping at the chance to use it also has 100% trust in it. Yeah. And is also, like, willing... There's, like, so many videos we've seen over the years where someone's driving around, the car does something, like, extremely unexpected and dangerous. Uh, They're like, well, you know, it's still the best car I've ever owned. Yeah. Yeah, it does that, like, every two or three minutes. But, like, you know, safest car I've ever driven. Mm -hmm. Anyways, enough about Tesla... Though it is time to talk about X. Thankfully, it's been a relatively slow week for X News, but even a relatively slow news week for X includes insane shit like this from Engadget. X has allowed dozens of sanctioned individuals and groups to pay for its premium service, according to a new report from the Tech Transparency Project, TTP. The report raises questions about whether X is running afoul of U.S. sanctions. 
The report found 28 verified accounts belonging to people and groups the U.S. government considers to be a national security threat. The group includes two leaders of Hezbollah, accounts associated with Houthis in Yemen, and state-run media accounts from Iran and Russia. Of those, 18 of the accounts were verified after X began charging for verification last spring. The fact that X requires users to pay a monthly or annual fee for premium service suggests that X is engaging in financial transactions with these accounts, a potential violation of U.S. sanctions, the report says. As the TTP points out, X's own policies state that sanctioned individuals are prohibited from paying for premium services. Some of the accounts identified by the TTP also had ads in their replies, according to the group, raising the possibility that they could be profiting from X's revenue-sharing program. Hmm. Yeah, seems bad. Yeah. Seems, yeah. Whoops. I mean, back in the Twitter days, they probably had a guy on the staff whose job was, you know, making sure that the platform wasn't in blatant violation of U.S. sanctions law. Mm -hmm. But that guy probably wasn't uh, extremely hardcore enough to make the cut when Elon fired more than half the company. Yeah. So here we are. But mm -hmm. it's just a little goof. Also, he's apparently, apparently the Russians have Starlink, and there's a lot of questions as to how they got it and how they are using it on the battlefield when uh, uh, Elon says, well, like, of course, you, Elon and the sanctions law says that they could not possibly be buying those, mm -hmm. and also they shouldn't work uh, in the areas where they're using them. Yeah. Uh, a lot of interesting questions there. Yeah. But uh, yeah, speaking of extremely hardcore, uh, that is the title of one of two books out this month that cover Elon's takeover of Twitter. And we are very excited to read them both, especially after Walter Isaacson's book turned out to be just a big puff piece. Mm -hmm. uh, Extremely Hardcore is the title of the book by Zoe Schiffer of Platformer, who's been reporting on insider info about the chaos at Twitter since Musk's takeover. And the other book is Battle for the Bird by Bloomberg tech reporter Kurt Wagner. So far, reviews of both books have included mainly stuff that you are already aware of if you've been following this closely like we have and have gradually lost your mind yeah. in the past, what is it, two years? But it seems like they also contain lots of um, great firsthand insight into what a petty, overconfident asshole Elon Musk is. So we're very excited to check both of these books out as soon as possible. I'll have to throw it on Libby right now so I can read it in 10 months. You're not going to fast drag it? I need to know. Yeah, I'll probably, uh, when, I, when, I, when there is something like this, I usually go out and actually get it or order yeah. it on bookshop.org. That's right. That supports local indie bookstores. Yep. Or I go to the local indie bookstore. Although, interestingly, it was uh, some NPR show, I think, did a, they did a report like a month or so ago about Barnes & Noble. And uh, I had no idea, but like Barnes & Noble is apparently cool now. They, uh, <laughs> they changed their entire business model over the past couple of years. Uh, so they're no longer competing against the mom and pops. They're now on the ropes with the mom and pops against Amazon. And uh, Barnes & Noble has basically like become the logistic hub of the entire like okay. book logistics network. And okay. they do a lot of things that essentially make it much easier for the smaller bookshops to stay in business and keep their stock good. For good. Them. So like, I'm like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, good for them. Funny how that turns out, because like 20 years ago, there's a whole fucking movie, You Got Mail, where Tom Hanks is like Mr. Barnes & Noble destroying yeah. uh, Meg Ryan's cute little neighborhood bookshop. And look at us now. Well, Jeff, folks, Jeff Bezos came and fucked them both. 
Your local independent bookstore first. Yes. Bookshop.org will tell you exactly. You can order a book. They will ship it to your local bookstore, who will then ship it to you. Or directly to you, you, obviously, for convenience. It also comes straight to you. And then Libby, of course, is... Your the local, library. Everyone's local library. Yeah, it books um, on your phone, on your You tablet. can even uh, pay uh, certain municipalities around the country to use their library. Yeah, system. I think the LA... I use Queens. Oh, uh, yeah. Queens, New York, and LA, obviously. Yeah, that started during COVID. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the New York... The Brooklyn very... put up... They, they said no more. We can't oh, they did? Yeah. yeah, I think it started in New York, but yeah, it was a pretty like, nominal fee, like I think less than $5 a month. I think LA does it too. Yeah, I paid like, I think 30 or 40 for... Because a lot of local libraries, their, their ebook selection is not all or there's that like great. a long wait or whatever yeah it'll automatically select the shortest wait for you which mm. is great uh anyways we got plenty more news to get to today but first we gotta let you know that this episode is sponsored by Masterclass. picture that thing you've always wanted to learn now picture learning it from the person who's literally the best at it in the world that's what you get with Masterclass. this year learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Don't just talk about improving. Masterclass helps you actually do it. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master negotiation with Chris Voss, think like a boss with Martha Stewart, or train your dog with Brandon McMillan, Masterclass has you covered. With Masterclass, you get unlimited access to intimate one-on-one classes with the world's best. We love Masterclass, and you will too, because it's a great way to learn all sorts of stuff, even if it's not necessarily something that you're going to be doing yourself. Like, even if you're not planning on directing a feature film, it's still fascinating learning about the filmmaking processes of James Cameron, Martin Scorsese, Spike Lee, Werner Herzog, and many, many more. And along the way, you learn a lot of lessons that you can apply to your own life. There are over 200 classes to pick from, with new classes added every month, like Roy Choi's cooking class that really helped to demystify a lot of things I love about Korean food and also feel more confident in the kitchen. How much would it cost to take one-on-one classes from the world's best? Easily, hundreds to thousands of dollars. Well, with a Masterclass annual membership, it's just $10 a month. Masterclass helps you learn anywhere, on TV, in the app, on their website, even in audio mode on the go. Plus, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there is no risk. And right now, our viewers, that's you, will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com newsday. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash newsday. Masterclass.com slash newsday. Or click the link down below. Easy peasy. Back to the news now. Mm -hmm. And obviously neither of us has had what most people would consider a real job in quite a long time. I'm not out there doing the the oil rigging with that mud going everywhere. That's a real job, right? Uh, OSHA be damned. Yeah, that... (laughs) Side note, yeah, that that picture, that video that pops up every like fucking six weeks, they're they're all just vi- they're violating like twenty OSHA codes, yeah. and it's and they're always like, I'd like to see a woman do this, and someone actually found a video of a, fe- doing it? a female oil worker doing it and Properly. not and not getting fucking shit everywhere. Yeah, yeah, doing it the correct way. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, well, you know, the point still stands. This takes all the air out of my argument, though. But you know, a real job, not just a manual labor, but just yeah. like any job. Mm-hmm. The jobs that people who aren't making YouTube videos have. The jobs that people your heart. The jobs that people who go to bed at a decent hour, mm-hmm. not editing. Um, we haven't done that in a long time. So the whole process of job hunting, applications, interviews, onboarding, etc., in the current era is not something we have firsthand knowledge of. But it sounds pretty fucking bleak. Yes. <laughs> Especially for the more mundane service industry jobs. I mean, stuff like personality tests, 
seems like an unnecessary and annoying hurdle for someone applying to like wash dishes or flip burgers. And 404 Media has a report this week on one such personality test from a company called Paradox.ai that applicants for companies like FedEx, McDonald's, and Olive Garden have had to take recently. And on top of being annoying and unnecessary, it's full of seemingly endless images of blue alien-looking creatures. Okay. Man, I just want a dishwasher job was the title of one thread on Reddit in a community of food service workers. The post shared a screenshot for assessment instructions for part of the hiring process at Olive Garden. The instructions tell the applicant to go with your gut and answer honestly, and that there is not one right answer. They then include an image of a blue humanoid alien they introduce as Ash, who will represent you in each image. For each image, simply click me if the image describes how you generally are, and not me if it does not. The Reddit post shared one of these images as well, showing Ash and another blue alien in a kitchen standing over some bowls. A caption above the image says, traditional, and invites the applicant to say, me or not me. <laughs> what? Okay. Uh, do you believe in the trad wife? Uh, <laughs> I applied for a job as a bartender in a New Mexico olive garden to see some of these questions myself. And believe it or not, not only was the traditional image not the weirdest one I saw, it was also only one of more than 80 that I had to respond to in order to apply. Yeah, so the wow. article then includes several examples of these images, uh, which are all featuring the weird blue humanoid creatures. Uh, there's this one with a blue alien customer yelling at the blue alien restaurant host with the caption, not much bothers me, and the option for either me or not me. I mean, I guess that's kind of relevant to a bartending job at Olive Garden, but a bunch of these aren't. Uh, like this one showing a blue alien waving goodbye to a receptionist while leaving the office at 5.06 p.m. with the caption, no overtime. And then there's... Uh, <laughs> okay. And then there's this one with the caption, me first, where one greedy blue alien has taken the last two slices of pizza while another blue alien holding an empty plate looks on sadly. No pizza for that little blue alien. That's so me. You should have got here sooner. <laughs> yeah. Also, these images are almost certainly all AI generated, obviously. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it's like, I just don't understand the point of this stuff. Like, even the stuff that's like relevant to the job, like, I mean, I guess you're going to filter out people that are just like extremely stupid if they're like, yeah, I like stealing food from my coworkers. Yeah, I'm going to like, I'm going to leave. Although like, leave. he's not leaving early. He's leaving after after yeah. hours. You owe that person six minutes worth of time. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, but the, it's, the it's format bizarre. is maddening, especially for the jobs that like this is supposedly for. Like back in my day, you'd you know you you get in the car. Oh, here it comes! You'd drive down there, and it was it was it was still awkward, but it was like it was a hiring manager like asking you questions, yeah. and those questions were also kind of in many cases impossible to answer. Yeah, like what's your greatest weakness? Shit like that. I'm like, just trying to work at Apple. Listen, man. <laughs> yeah. But like this is this is even dumber, and it's like also, from what I hear, like companies are just leaving their hiring their application because it's all online now. Yeah, it doesn't require like humans to actually lift a finger. They just leave the fucking job openings online indefinitely, despite yeah. not hiring. So when people are applying for jobs, they're having to apply to like hundreds of jobs, and it's like maybe five of those jobs are actually available. Yeah. And you got to sit through these fucking personality tests and surveys and me, not me. If the job requires you to pick up those two metal cans while you do your personality test, start running. Yeah, that's 
That's yeah. not a job. That's, that's Scientology. You're joining Scientology. <laughs> you're, you're joining the Sea Org, and there is no pay, and that is a, I think, a ten thousand year contract. There you go. Do not sign. So those ones that we previously talked about, they seem at least relevant to the general concept of jobs, but they get much weirder. And again, these are all just a picture, a caption, and the applicant has to click either me or not me. <laughs> at least they didn't like try to like Gen Z and be like, so me. Yeah. So it, it me for real. <laughs> Couldn't be me. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't be. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> uh, here's one showing Ash the blue alien sitting on a curve with a scuffed knee next to a bike with the caption, things happen to me. <laughs> That's, yeah, uh, think, wait. I agree. Hold on. So, things do happen to me, but, well, yes, and in, in the course of my lifetime, I have scuffed my knee while riding a bike. Get rid of this guy. He's an unlucky person. <laughs> <laughs> like, what is this? What is the point of this? There's, no, they're, they're, they're analyzing behind the scenes your, like, your stats like an RPG character. Your luck has just gone down. Yeah, I guess by so. By clicking that one. Things happen to me. Yeah. I don't know, boss. This guy, things happen to him, and I don't know if we need that you on know, our team. You know someone where things never happen to them? Mr. Magoo. Always slightly <laughs> Always <getting> avoids <laughs> things happening yeah. to him. Couldn't be Get me. that guy in the kitchen. We need, that, we need Mr. Magoo washing dishes here at Olive Garden. <laughs> he'll do it right. And if a big stack of dishes comically falls near him, he'll move just in time That's for right. someone less fortunate to crash on. It'll all work out. Uh-huh. <laughs> Here's... Uh, here's Ash on a balcony overlooking a beautiful, futuristic metropolis with the caption, imagine a perfect world. What? <laughs> That's not me. No, I hate it here. Uh, yeah. Or, Couldn't be me. Yeah, like what? Again, like this is so vague. Yeah. This like, one how, is like, how do you uh, answer that? Th this one I would assume is like, do you take time to like enjoy your surroundings or live in the moment? Okay, that's one interpretation, but like another is just like, do you wish, do you wish there was monorails? <laughs> what? Yeah, I like, don't what know. the fuck does this mean? That this is actually what's the right like, answer? Actually, they're like, this fucker's daydreaming. He's daydreaming all the time. Yeah, there's like every one of these. It feels like there's a there's a good faith and bad faith yes. interpretation. Yeah, if there's time to dream, there's time to clean. <laughs> yes, you're gone. Exactly. Here's Ash and a bunch of friends sitting around with the caption: discuss philosophy. Nope. Fucking stoner, get well, out of here. We got so test that guy. Socrates over here. Had a little too much of the wacky tobacco last night, no, did you? No, we don't want employees that philosophize. We don't want employees that even fucking think. Yeah. Get the hell out of here. If you no just, dishwashing for you. If you brainlessly drool all over the keyboard and smash the, the, the button, that's who we hire. That's right. Yeah. Someone with absolutely no personality. You have to fail this test. You have no thoughts. Yeah. Just sitting, staring blankly until you get the call that your shift is starting. Yes. Here's Ash seemingly manipulating some sort of hologram with the caption, always wonder why. <laughs> I'm trying to wash dishes. What is this? What? How do you answer this? Like, yeah, it would be cool to live in the minority report world and use like the holograms, but also the minority report world is very like there's a lot of bad things about it too. They're they're accusing people of crimes before they even happen. Yeah. And as the story progresses, you see the inherent flaws in such a such a system of justice. So But we have to make sure that me. the person uh bringing you your sizzling fajitas <laughs> isn't manipulating a hologram in the back. <laughs> if you got time to hologram, you've got time yeah. to Clean. Yeah. Oh, what we'll rhymes with hologram? Nothing. Here's Ash giving some sort of TED talk with the caption, personal best. What? We don't need no performers here. Yeah. Uh, or we do. I don't know. Maybe we do. 
We want you to be the best at your job, not talk about how you're the best. Oh, yeah. So that, that's one interpretation. For each of these, you must select me or not me. And that will directly impact whether or not you get that dishwashing job at the local Olive Garden. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so when the author of this article got his results back, it was a five-page report letting him know that his big five personality is producer. Mm. Self-sufficient and adept at monitoring your own productivity, you thrive with high standards and don't always appreciate exceptions or nuance. Unconcerned with external rewards, you see a job well done as its own incentive. Well, you got all that from the pictures of uh, the Avatar aliens stealing pizza from each other and looking uh, at the stars? I think that's that, cool. Th this is actually just a test to see if you'll finish their stupid test. I, I mean, that's part of it. Yeah. You are getting no reward for this, just the completion. So congratulations, like you're I, real self-starter. Yeah, self I mean, I feel like a lot of this shit is just to filter out people who have, like, comically low levels of patience. And also are a combination of like sociopathically evil and also too stupid to like be able to fake that they aren't sociopathically well, evil. However, that other guy, he did eventually shove a square peg through a round hole. And that shows that he is willing to complete the task he has no matter initiative. what <laughs> stands in his way. So anyway, yeah, this is apparently, it's just the same personality model that's been used in hiring for years. It's known as the ocean model or the big five personality profile. Mm -hmm. uh, studies have repeatedly shown that it is not especially useful for hiring purposes, but it remains an increasingly common hiring tool. Yeah. And now it's got weird blue avatar aliens and the sort of questions that you would ask a character in the Blade Runner universe to determine whether they are a replicant oh, or not. Oh, damn, there you go. And that's all so that you can have the privilege of a mundane minimum wage job. The kind of job that in decades past, you'd walk in the door and say, hey, are you hiring? And they'd either say, no, we're not. Or they'd say, can you start, can you start right now? It's literally you're washing dishes. There's yeah. not much to it. Can it, you wash a dish? I would love uh, so much to see right now, like, a, well, at this point, they would be grandparents. But a grandparent being like, you know, oh, you, you just want a job? Well, you go down to every single place yeah. with your suit, with your shirt and tie on, and you tell them that you're ready to work hard. It is, it you, is quaint. You, you bring your grandfather or whatever with you, and you're like, and then you're like, hey, can you? Grandpa, is this me or not me? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> tell them which, which one the blue alien is. <laughs> yeah, no, it is wild. I mean, like, I it, they're very out of touch when they say shit like that, but it's also like, that's how it used to work. And honestly, things worked fine back when you would just put on a nice shirt and like walk down the main avenue and be like, hey, you hiring? And if they say no, you go to the next place. And if they say yes, uh, you'd know if you had a job pretty quickly. You wouldn't have to jump through a bunch of fucking hoops to do it. Yeah. Especially for just a boring entry-level job where you're in it for the money. You're not in it because you love Olive Garden. You're not in it because abundanza is like a part of your personality. <laughs> hey, when you're here, your family, we got to make sure that you fit in with the family. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, anyway, uh, yeah, condolences to everyone out there uh, looking for jobs. It sounds fucking awful, and I'm so glad that I don't have to do any of that. Please uh, continue that streak of us not having to do real jobs <laughs> and, and entertaining you instead by clicking the like button and making sure you're subscribed. And for the love of God, if you can afford it, click the join button. Get your comments highlighted. And if you, and if you can't afford it, you go start knocking on doors. Yes. You put on a three-piece suit mm -hmm. and start a stack of resumes. Vacuum cleaners and <laughs> milkshake mixers. And cut co-knives. Yep. Uh, anyways, yes, click, do all those things. We love you for it. Very happy. Leave a comment. Reply to a comment. And if you missed it somehow, we got a whole rundown of the weirdest ads from the Super Bowl. 
And also... Foot fetish. Christian and, foot fetish. And uh, Chernobyl wolves. They're radioactive and they're here to cure cancer. Ah, woo. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Bye.